0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com <coughs> Okay, berucham abam, welcome everyone. We're continuing our shiur on Sefer Bamidbar. Actually, this will be our last She'er on Sefer Ba Midbar. So we want to thank our sponsor for Sefer Bamidbar, Rabbi Isaac Yoselovsky, the sponsor of fathers. Yes, it was Tesvav Sivan, B'gan Eden Tehim for his whole family, for Simcha Sanachas, Parnas Marevach, Gezont, Ad Bias Goyal Tzedek Shire Man Tsev and Bez Hashem Devarim are also sponsored by our dear friend Dr. Zakem Um Mishpachta L'Nishmas Rav Shloim, Ben Rav Yaakov Zakem and L'Nishmas, Dr. Zakem's mother Rivka Bas Tovia Halevi Began Eden Tehimenu Chasam They should be in Litzvah for their whole family Ad Bias Goyal Tzedek Okay, so tonight we officially begin the three weeks So in case you don't have yet your copy of the darkness and the dawn. Or let's say you have it but you don't know where you put it. Or maybe you gave it to someone. Give it to them again, they don't even remember that you gave it to them. So you could get your copy right here, the darkness and the dawn. Oh, I'm on mute. Sorry about that. Okay, I'm back with you. Okay, so uh, tonight is the seventeenth day of Tamas. Five great tragedies happened on the seventeenth of Tammuz, starting with the breaking of the Luchais, and the Tyro was burnt, and a tzelam was put up in the Hechal. Five tragedies are mentioned in the Mishnah at the end of Masechta Tainis. It's been a disa- basically a lightning rod of disaster throughout history for the Jewish people. Today we're going to learn about a very Um, frightening and earth-shattering episode in Jewish history, an episode that continues to reverberate until today. Almost every movement in the Jewish people is a direct result of this uh, historical event. Whatever that movement may be, any stream in Judaism, whether to the right or to the left, is a direct result of the great debacle of Shabtai And we're going to learn today about his most outspoken opponent. Now, if you are hoping to go into the fast day with a nice, fuzzy, feel-good message about Shavuot HaMas, you're on the wrong channel. Okay? Just cha- change the channel. Or wrong show, Okay, because this is not for you. If you like the um, party line version of Jewish history, also wrong channel. Okay, if you like to just uh, take in what everybody thinks, now this you got the wrong program. But if you want to find out actually what happened in the Jewish in Jewish history and what the issues, we how we should view the issues that we face today, then this is one of the most important events to understand, to recognize, and to realize that at the time, very few people stood up against it, and as few people that stood up against the Shabbatitzvi, even though there was opposition among the Rabbanim, although it wasn't that outspoken. He only had one major outspoken opponent at the time. And that individual was Rabbi Yaakov Sasportas. Rabbi Jacob Sasportas, who was born in 1610, who passed away in 1698. The Chida, in the Shem HaGadolim, he has almost no information offered on Rabbi Yaakov Sasportas. He says, you want to know about Rabbi Yaakov Sasportas? Look you know, the She G'dayim of the Chidah is consists of two parts. You have all the G'dayim that lived before the Chida in the first part called Ma'areches G'dayim, and then you have all the Svarim that were written before the Chida and the uh, second part called Ma'areches Svarim. So he says, if you want to know about Rabbi Yaakov Sasportas, go to Ma'areches Svarim. And in his entry for, to one of the Svarim of Rabbi Yaakov Sasportas, he says, Rabbi Yaakov Sasportas was from the west, and he came to the east. <laughs> he was from, okay. So that's the information. Meaning, he was in the Arab world and he came to the Christian world. He was a rabbi in Hamburg, afterwards a rabbi in Amsterdam. Yes, probably a week from um, a week from Friday will be at his kever, and he was the rav of the svardim in Amsterdam. He was born in Oran. He became a rav at 24 in Marrakesh, in Fez, in Sali. In Morocco, in 1646, he escaped to Amsterdam. He stayed there until he became, uh, he was invited to the Portuguese community of London. According to many, he accompanied Menashe ben Israel to London, to Oliver Cromwell, to petition the return of the Jewish people. And ultimately, he ended his career as a rabbi of the Portuguese community in Amsterdam. And he was probably... He, no, I take that back. He was the most outspoken opponent to the Shabtai Tzvi. Now, what was the general attitude to Shabtai Tzvi when Shabtai Tzvi revealed himself in 1648? We know Kabbalistically there was a tradition something big was going to happen in the year Zeus. Zeus is 408, 1648. And something big did happen. Namely, Shabtai Tzvi revealed himself, and it was a year of terrible disaster. For the Jewish people, the years of Tachvatat. And what was the reaction of the Rabbanim at the time to the revelation of Shaptai Tzvi? There were many Gedoelim who did not believe in the messianic uh, prophecy of Shaptai Tzvi. However, they didn't say a word. Many Chachamim did not speak out against it. And the reason they didn't speak out against it is because Shaptai Tzvi's revelation brought about a tremendous. Movement of repentance. People began to feel for the first time that it was going to be a reality, that the Jews were going to be redeemed, they were going to leave their Europe, they were going to leave the European continent and go to the land of Israel. And Jews began to repent in massive tshuva movement. And therefore the Chachamim said, whether or not we actually think this guy is for real, but, you know, good stuff is happening, so let's ride the wave. I even though they were afraid of the repercussions of the, the Gentiles, who probably would not let this happen. So they tried to downplay the uh, supernatural element of Shabtai but most Chachamim did not want to rock the boat, and they did not say anything. Number two, many rabbis did not speak out because they were afraid of their congregations. Most Chachamim at the time were tied down to the salaries in their shuls. And the people wanted Shabtai Tzvi. The people wanted it, and if the people want it, then the Chachamim were uh, basically tied down. Many Chachamim believed in the Shabtai Tzvi. I'm not here to say names, even though it was very clear, but one of the all-time great gadolim, in number 19, followed along the Shabtai Tzvi. Not only did he follow along with Shabtai Tzvi, but when uh, the Rav, Reb Aaron Lapafa. In Izmir challenged Shabtai Tzvi, Rav Aaron Lepafa was removed by this Achroin, and Shabtai Tzvi became the Rav in Izmir. So, there were great Achroinim, Asher Mipi Emanu who uh, supported the Shabtai Tzvi. However, from all the Rabbonim, and all the Chachamim at that time, Rav Yaakov Sasportas was a lone soldier fighting Shabtai Tzvi. And the question is, why? How is he able to do it? Now the truth is, many rabbanim identified with uh, Rabbi Yaakov Sasportas, but they did not have the audacity to. Um, they did not have that audacity to speak out against him. Audacity and the, or the, or the, the audacity or the or the courage, right, or the bravery. And the main reason is because they were all subject to the board, and um, Rabbi Yaakov Sasportas did not have a position as a Rav with a board. And therefore he was the only Rabbi in the time who had the courage to speak out against Shabtai Tzvi. And he felt so lonely. And he felt so isolated. That he wrote a letter to Rav Rafael Sofino that he says he doesn't even have anyone to talk to. Because everyone is bribed. Bribed meaning... The pressures of their positions are such that they cannot even not speak the truth. They can't think the truth. Now, you know, this is a phenomenon which is not an isolated phenomenon to 1648. This is a phenomenon that reverberates in every single generation where the truth is held hostage to the salary. That is... A a very common phenomenon throughout Jewish history. In fact, Rabbi Yaakov Sasporta says that, um, (laughs) Ma'atim Haim Haneg Acharai Venarii Kasvam. Very few people followed suit. And a lot of the the Rabbanim did not want to sort of uh, rock the boat and stir things up against their respective Kehilites who were very much in support of this messianic fervor. So the question is, how was it? With all the social pressure of the time, and all the rabbinic pressure of the time, that Rabbi Yaakov Sosportis had the courage to see clearly that this guy is fraudulent. After all, even Rabbi Yaakov Emden writes in a very powerful book about this subject called Tiras Haknois, that Shabdai was a Mekubal, the likes of which no, he was unrivaled. So how is Rabbi Yaakov Sesportes able to see through this whole uh, uh, fervor and through this uh, charlatan? And this is something that we need to use as a model in every generation. Because Shabtai was not the only false messiah in history. And I'm not going to name all of them in history, but there were many, many, more than 20, Major false messiahs throughout history. And, you know, in our generation, or in any other generation, people like to point to miraculous abilities of whoever it may be. The first thing you need to know is, Pesi Yamin L'chol davar, The fool believes everything. And don't be... The the personality of Rabbi Yacob Portas was, when he was told, what. He made, you know, every night he goes down to the ocean and he splits the sea. And that's what they were saying about him. He said, so what? What does that have to do with whether he's Mashiach or not? He Maybe he splits the sea. He knows the future. It's irrelevant. Whether he does or he doesn't. That has no bearing on, and the truth is that the It's a very important attitude for a Jew to have, not to be Nispoil. Oh, this person, he could look at you. What is that relevant to? How is that relevant to anything? It's not relevant to halacha. It's not relevant if they give you advice about any issue. How is their ability to change nature or see the future? How does it have any relevance about halacha or hashkafa? So that's a certain attitude that Rabbi Yaakov uh, says, um, intuitively understood not to get carried away with uh, you know the, the fervor of the reports of the supernatural. And then the next thing he did was he took a very analytical approach to whether this individual met the criteria that we know from Chazal and from the Rishonim if he meets the bill to be Mashiach. So now tonight we're going to learn... What are the ingredients of being Mashiach? In other words, let's say you came to my house, you knocked on my door, You're glad scene, yeah, what's up? I'm a Mashiach. So really, So let's, we're going we're gonna to check, right? We have to know where, what are the qualities of somebody who's Mashiach, what ingredients does he have to have. And uh, the first thing that Rabbi Yaakov says, so by the way, after this whole event, he recorded very thoroughly the entire episode, the entire saga, in an amazing work called Sitzatz. Tzitzas Noivel And the first thing that uh, a Jew should be familiar with is the Igeras Teman of the Rambam. The Rambam wrote about a false Messiah. And the Rambam um, writes the first thing you need to know is where will Mashiach reveal himself? In the land of Israel. That's the first thing. <laughs> if the guy is revealing himself in Izmir. In London, in uh, New York City, he's not Mashiach. I don't care what he does. I don't care how many people he impresses with his prophecy. It's irrelevant. He has to reveal himself in the land of Israel. Otherwise, he doesn't even have a shot. There's nothing to talk about. It's a pasuk, pisoim yavoy al hechaloi, which Ramam interprets, he will suddenly come to his temple. Number two, the Ramam says, we're not going to know anything about him before he reveals himself. He's not going to be oh, oh oh that yeah, oh yeah, I know. I know him. I remember him. He you know, I remember I was at his sheer. I, I, I remember him, I heard him speak once. Nobody's gonna know anything about him. The Rambam. This is the opinion of the Rambam. The Rambam says nobody's gonna know not about his father, not about his mother, not about him, until he reveals himself. And this is Meduyak. The Ramam says in the Pasach. "Semach Shemay." Semach implies that he sprouts. It's like a sort of like came out of nowhere. No one's going to know about his aunt, his uncle, his first cousin. Is oh, he's the Machateinister? No, 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 no. I only said that because I was whatever. It's a famous joke, you know. Who's that? He's the Machateinister, you know. Pal, get you know, get your terms straight. That's number two. People are not going to know who he is until he reveals himself and, and he performs great miracles. Number three, the powers of the world, the superpowers of the world are going to be in awe of him. They're going to be frightened of him from his great miraculous ability, from his wonders that he performs. He's going to be so powerful that he can take life at will. He'll have the capacity to say, you know, He's a rebel, he's not doing the right thing, and knock the guy off. So these are three ingredients that the Rambam identifies. Number one, he reveals himself in the land of Israel. Okay, Not in, not in uh, Poland, not in Germany, not in London, not in Flatbush, not in Borough Park, not in Williamsburg. All of these places are very nice places. They have good shopping in all these places. But they, you can't reveal yourself as Mashiach. So if anyone here wants to be Mashiach, just letting you know, Flatbush, Borough Park, you're not going to find parking anyway. So I would look for other locations. Okay, so that's that, these are some of the criteria that Rabbi Yaakov says, used to determine the identity or the lack of the true Mashiach. Then you need to know that in the 13th century, there was a man by the name of Ben Avraham me Avila Avila is in Castile, Who revealed himself as Mashiach He was not a very learned person He did not serve the Talmud de Chachamim And there were reports of his miraculous feats And they brought the question to the Rajba, Rajah, what do you say about this guy? And the Rajah didn't want to say The guy is a fake and a fraud But the Rajba said like this In order to have prophecy You need to be a kosher you need to be a chassid. I mean, you need to be pious. You need to have great character. And the tradition of the Jewish people is that we don't accept these people. This is the age old perspective of Yisro. Could you imagine? Was there anyone ever greater than Moshe? I mean, he, the man's 20 feet tall. Right? He's 10 amas tall. He's 20 feet. And that, that reflected his spiritual stature. And Hashem said, Go to the Jewish people and by the way, the Jews had every reason in the world to want to believe Moshe. First of all, they had a tradition Hashem's gonna redeem them. Number two, they were being afflicted, they were being they were suffering in tremendous torture in Mitzrayim, and Hashem tells Moshe, go tell them, yifkoy, eschem. would there ever be any situation in our history that the Jewish people would be more receptive to a Messiah than Moshe? And Moshe said, are you kidding me? They're not going to believe me. They're not stupid. These are Jews. Jews don't believe that what happened in, in our times, Jews fall for every single nonsense. Yeah, I heard, it's a skula. If you walk around the thing nine times, saying backward the 63rd... I mean, come on. It's not Jewish even. The hallmark of the Jew, they're skeptical of the, of the supernatural. The Rambam says we don't believe in Moshe Rabin because of any miracles that he performed. So Hashem said, first put your hand in the thing and it's going to turn white. Moshe says, it's not that going to go. It's the oldest trick in the book. Then throw the stick... Turn to a snake. Nah. And if they don't believe those two things, they'll, they'll believe the third thing. So it says the Rajbah, the derech of Yisrael is we don't accept people who claim that they're Mashiach until we investigate and investigate and investigate and investigate. You know why? Because the hallmark of the Jew is MS. And MS means verification. We are Zera MS. And it's better for the Jew to bear the continuous yoke of the Golos than to say, yeah, yeah, he's Mashiach. He's Mashiach. So now we come to um, the great work, Tzitzas Neuvel uh, you can't investigate, because he's going to be somebody that appears, and nobody knows who he was. There, there are ways How to investigate. investigate. You're, about, you're about to see. So this guy, let's say the guy, he, he comes out of Flatbush, and he says he's Mashiach. You know what? What did he do? He made the pizza store disappear. Big miracle. Say, pal, what, you have any other miracles you could do? He made parking everywhere in Flatbush. Okay? It's a tremendous miracle, right? It's like the whole world is changing. And then then, uh, then, he made tuna fish, 50 cents a pound. So the guy is, it's unbelievable what he's doing. Food, actually, you don't have to take out a mortgage to go shopping for Shabbos. So all these great miracles the guy is doing... And they say, pal, you can't be Mashiach. You know why? Because you didn't bring the Jews back to Eretz Yisrael. So the Rambam writes that in order to be Mashiach, you also did not wage war against the enemy of the Jewish people and bring us back to Eretz Yisrael. I don't care how many miracles you did. You you didn't fulfill the basic criteria of Mashiach. Rabbi Yaakov writes, Look in the Rambam. The Rambam writes in Hilchus Malachim, that if Im Yamoid Malachmi base David, so he's Hoygeba Tirah, Oisek Bemitsweis, the Yachiv Kal Yusra Lelikbah, he coerces, he forces Qa'israh to follow it. The Yelache Melchemois Hashem. He fights the wars of God. So then he's Bacheskas Mashiach. And if he's successful and he builds the base Hamikdash and he brings the Jews back to Israel, he's Mashiach. So of all these 20 false messiahs. Did any of them wage any wars? Only Bar Koychva. That's why Rabbi Kiva thought Bar Koychva was Mashiach because he waged major military uh, victories for the Jewish people. But until you wage a war, then it's irrelevant how many people you influence. That is not a factor. Until you bring the Jewish people back to the land of Israel then it's irrelevant what miracles you do. Until you build the base HaMikdash, it's not relevant how many followers you have. These were all the criteria that Rabbi Yaakov says, uh, used. And then Rabbi Yaakov writes, look at number 6. He said, does it say in any Sefer that if a guy says he's a Mashiach, you have to believe him? It says that somewhere? Where does it say that? In which Gemara does it say? A guy comes in to the shul and he says, I'm ah, Mashiach. It says somewhere you have to believe him. Did he meet all the criteria of the Rambam? He says, if a... Listen very carefully. I, somebody, might perform miracles. Since when do miracles have to do with Mashiach? The Rambam gives many criteria. He doesn't say one time that if a Mashiach, if a Messianic figure makes a miracle, that shows he's a Mashiach it shows someone's a Navi. We know that it says in the Torah that if someone performs a miracle, and then that will establish someone as the Prophet of Hashem. But it will not establish someone as a Mashiach. It's irrelevant to Mashiach. Otherwise, every Rebbe, the the, uh, Rebbe Yaxos writes, before there was even such thing as a Rebbe, he says, otherwise, anybody who has Hasidim, the more people have chassidim, the more mashiachs will be. Because uh, this one has followers, that one has followers. The answer is, followers are irrelevant. It's a technical, you have to meet the technical requirements of halacha. Namely, you've got to bring the Jewish people back to Israel. You've got to rebuild the temple. Until then, Kama si'i Beshuka. So why was he the only one to pick I mean, We mentioned, right? The fervor of the people... Influence the top because the top cannot be tied down to the to the multitude. Moreover, Shapteitz is revealing when Mashiach will be, but Chazal say that there's an oath that the Navi cannot reveal when Mashiach is coming. And uh, Rabbi Yaakov Sassporta says, that which you accuse me of not having faith in Mashiach and not believing in Mashiach, no, just the opposite. I'm the only one who actually believes in Mashiach. You, you people out there who are willing to accept anyone who's influential as Mashiach, it's because you don't really believe in it. So you're willing to accept somebody that deep down you know it will prove that they're not the real thing. And then people are going to say, oh, he's not Mashiach. Ah, forget the whole thing. You're not worried that if, that if it's proven that your Messiah is not Mashiach, then people are just going to drop the whole uh, tenet entirely? So it means deep down you don't really believe in it. I'm the one who really believes in it. That's why I'm so cautious. It better be the right one. Now, Says of Yaakov, you know what else I'm afraid of? I'm afraid of worse than that. Not only am I afraid that people will will become disbelievers in the concept of Mashiach, but we know what happened with Yeshua HaNoitri. What happened? People who believed He was the Messiah, what happened after He died? So, you know, people, uh, they, can't, they can't agree, they can't admit that they made a mistake. So as soon as he died, you had some people who said, no, no, he came back. He came back. You missed it. He he came back. Or he's coming back. And then years later, more and more people accepted that he came back. And then it became a false religion. It says, I'm afraid that if somebody is accepted as Mashiach without meeting the halacha criteria, this is no different than the way that Christianity uh, uh, began. He didn't come back, actually? That didn't come back? No, that's, yeah, we'll, we'll, we discussed that in a different year. Now, Shaptaitsi had a prophet. You know, what was his prophet's name? Nathan of Gaza. Nathan Hazazasi. And he prophesied that Shaptaitsi is going to be Mashiach. And by the way, Yaakov uh, Sasportas adds a very, very important point. He says he says, I have a question <coughs> Really? Shabtai two is the Mashiach? I must have missed Elio HaNavi I must have missed that day That Elio HaNavi came before Mashiach came If Elijah the Prophet doesn't come This week's Pasha, that's what we're talking about it this week Right? <laughs> that if Elijah the Prophet doesn't come Then the person is not Mashiach then he can't be Mashiach. If Eliyahu Hanavi did not precede this individual, then this person is not Mashiach. That alone is iron-clad definitive proof Is not Mashiach. And so, but we don't need a Navi to come first. Since when does a Navi have to precede Mashiach? There is no Navi that precedes Mashiach. Only Eliyahu. And if a Navi comes, it's to bring people back to Tshuva. But Mashiach does not bring people back to Tshuva. That's not Mashiach's job. <clears throat> not only that, says Rabbi Sasportas, even if a guy would come in and say he's Mashiach, and he was Mashiach, I would still say, I don't believe in you until you prove it. And you know what? I would get schar for saying that. There's no chiv to believe in someone. Until the onus of proof is on the individual. Not just because you heard people talking a stories. Stories never happened. People, you know, stories develop in people's minds. They convince themselves that things happen based on bits of information that they... We don't, we don't uh, conduct ourselves that way. Yeah. says Take a look at number 8. He says, uh, Please tell me, O fool, you think someone who doesn't believe in your Mashiach is like a koifer in the Torah? Please tell me, number one, where's Elioa Navi? That Chazal say, Mesech the, the Shabbos uh, is going to be preceded by. Um, that the Mashiach is going to be preceded by Elioa Navi. Right? The Gemara says, Excuse me, in Erevin, and Daphneim Gimel Amid Beiz says uh, Rabbi Yaakov Sasportas, the Zayar says, in Parsha's Nayach, there's going to be a great rainbow before Mashiach comes. Was there a rainbow? What about the Gemara and Sanhedrin? About all the miracles Mashiach will perform. Did you see any miracles? What about all the signs the Zayar talks about in Parsha's Vayera? Or at the end of Parsha's Balak? Really, he's Mashiach, so how come he doesn't rule over Yushalayim? And why is Yushalayim still Bechorbanah? What about the Yushalmi that says the B'Samigdish is going to be built before Mashiach comes? What about Moshe and Aaron that are going to come with Mashiach according to Tysus? No, no, it's not important. As long as he has a lot of followers and he does good stuff, as long as he does good stuff and we have miraculous tales, that makes some Mashiach. Are you kidding me? That's how you live your life? That's just, you know, wives' tales. That's not emunah based on real seichel Hayasha. As they say, common sense is not so common. How do, how do we verify Elio How do you verify him? The first thing is, somebody has to claim they're him. In this debacle, nobody ever even claimed to be Elio You know why? Because we would probably say, really, you're Elio Hanavi? So why are you uh, eating chocolate chip cookies? You know? We're going to talk about uh, some of the activities that Shabdates be engaged in, which are uh, quite, <laughs> quite bizarre, to say the least. So all of these questions, Rav Yaakov Sesportas was in a situation in life where he was able to see things at face value. He wasn't bribed by the, uh, by the influences and by the pressures of, of uh, his position. He takes this even further He says Who is this guy Nathan of Gaza? Since when does Mashiach have a prophet sidekick? This is a new invention Mashiach doesn't have any any uh, Navi Now one of the things that they were talking about and Shabtai Tzvi said was Mashiach Ben Yosef had been killed in a war in Poland His name was Avram Zalman Rabbi Yaakov uh, says, What? Abraham Zalman? Is Mashiach ben Yosef? What war was there? Oh, there was a war between the, the Poles. Mashiach ben Yosef is not going to be killed in a war of Goyim. It's going to be killed in the war of the Jewish people and the enemies of the Jewish people. So just because someone died, you know, how quick are people say, Oh, Mashiach is coming! Basically, based on some kind of, you know, nebulous little seemingly unusual occurrence. You need very convincing and a preponderance of evidence and criteria and, ingre- and ingredients. And uh, one of the things that the followers of Shabt said, look, all the Goyim are talking about the miracles of Shabt Obviously Hashem is giving Shabt a lot of heavenly success. So Rabbi Yaakov says, says, you can't trust them. Why do you think they're talking? You know why they're talking about it? They're exaggerating it as much as possible because they know there's going to be a big downfall. So the more they play it up now, the more it's go- the repercussions are going to be in the end. And sure enough, uh, you would have thought that when Shabtai Tzvi converted to Islam, this would have put uh, the matter to rest. Nah, It just got going. Okay, so... Um, I want to tell you a little bit about some of the practices of Shabtai Tzvi. First of all, uh the, one of the first things he did was he pronounced the four letter uh name of God. He was Haigashem Baiciysov. He danced with Nashim. He was Shabbos. He was Makrov the Karim Pesach and Binoygeya our subject tonight, he was Mavat Latanisim, which always is a a popular um, practice as a rabbinic figure. If you could be Mavat del tanesim, that's always, uh, you got something going. Now, I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about uh, that very soon. So, Rav Yaakov Sasportas mentions that as, as strange as his behavior became, and as flagrant as, as, as his violations were, he started eating the Gid the more followers he had, because he was able to explain it, Al-Pi kabbalah with uh, his understanding of the Zayar, how this is needed, he needs to go into the dark side to pull out the sparks of Kedusha, he had everything explained. So finally, Shabtai was in a prison in Gallipoli, and uh, his followers named this prison that he was in the Migdaloiz, the Tower of Strength, now, this is recorded by Rabbi Yaakov Emden in the Tyras HaKnois. Take a look at number 17. And you'll see how he mockingly, I've seen this many times in my life. You know, miraculous stories that people say. You know, I hear about it all the time. He, so a guy came running in. He said, you know, I was on a certain street and a man in a long white beard, he came and he told me, are you Jewish? I said, yeah. He said, why, why did you cut off your payas? You have tzitzes that are apostle. I said, really? And sure enough, I looked at my tzitzes and there were a few strings that were ripped. And I said, why are you asking me about this? And he said, because, do you know who's coming? Chariots of the ten tribes are coming from the other side of the Sambat Yain. And they're coming to Israel. They will kill anyone who doesn't have kosher or Anyone who violates anything. And then... I turned around and he was gone. It must have been Eliyahu Navi. And people started reporting all kinds of things. And then one guy said, Did you see it? Did you see it? And everyone said, Yeah, 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 because you know, you don't want to be a fool that you you didn't see Eliyahu Navi when when this ap- Ammarat saw him and, and you, you didn't see him. I mean this guy who can't read an Aleph from a saw Eliyahu, and you're already you could read Kamat's Aleph A. You didn't see Elio, so people, everyone everyone saw Elio and So Yaakov Emdin records Shaptai si was sitting in his castle in the city of Kushtio. He was wear, wearing red clothing with a sefer Torah. By the way, the sons of the Taz came to him. And the Taz was very weak at the time and he gave special begodim to the sons of the Taz, said, put it on your father as soon as he wears it, he's going to be energized like a young man, and he was wearing remind him, and he promised the sons of the Taz that he heard the reports about the Kazakh uprising in Ukraine, that he's going to personally avenge the uh, Kazakhs, and he was uh, the He was always holding the sefer Torah in his right hand, and the room he was in was overlaid with gold, and the floor was laden with silver, and there was a silver table in front of him, coated with gold, and he had an inkwell with a feather, and everything he ate was in great royalty, and there were many rooms in the prison, and there was an orchard there, and there was a guard there, and as you could imagine, in order to get into the C-Shop deitzvi, this was more than, you know, front row uh, Yankee Stadium. You know, this was big bucks to see Shabdai And people said, you know, I don't understand, he's being accused of rebelling against uh, the uh, Sultan. So why don't they kill him? It must be Heaven's protecting him. <laughs> no, the Sultan was protecting him. Because in order to get into Shabdai you know how much, you couldn't slip the guy, you know, a few bucks you got to you got to stup the guy big time to get him to see Shabtai Zvi. Then they started taking advantage. They had concession stands in the palace, so if you wanted to see Shabtai and get some good Essen, that that was going to cost you a pretty penny. So they got a whole they got a whole uh, show going on over there. <laughs> <Good> shop. <shopping. laughs> you know, with with I'm sure they had good merch as well. You know, and. Shabtai Tzvi was sitting there with Sifre, Kabbalah open in front of him. And Shabtai Tzvi then said, I'm now 40 years old and the Shekhinah has come out of Galus, and therefore we do not fast anymore on the 17th day of Tammuz and on Tisha And a, a Rav came in to, to greet him, Rav, the Kuk Kush, and he asked him, why are you not, not fasting on Tishabav? And B'Av? And he said, I'll tell you why. Because my name, Shabtai Tzvi, backwards stands for Yoim Tisha B'av Shabtai Tzvi b'Al So those letters backwards spell out Shabtai Tzvi doesn't fast on Tisha and he issued a decree that no longer can the Jewish people fast on Shavasu Batamos and Tisha Instead of fasting, they should make a Yomtif, They should rejoice. Eating and drinking, by the way we 're just going to take a break that if this, uh, if this information is scaring you, this is not for you. this is not for your children don 't say it over at the Shabbos table don't don 't talk about it. Switch the channel, watch uh, something, watch some uh, about nice stories of inspiration. But if you want to know what happened, then you know back to He said you need to make kiddush on Shivahimas. you need to make havdallah, and we're and we're Big Day yamtiv, And then, this is all recorded by Rabbi Yaakov Emdin in the Taurus HaKnois. He says, My dear residents of Izmir, peace unto you. I decree, me, the son of David, of Solomon ben David, he called himself, this coming Tishabov, we're going to make a Yom Mishte Gadol, a Yom Simcha Gadolah, with good drinks, and a lot of Neirois, this comes from your king, Shinsadi. And on, on your, you have to do Malacha Gemura. I'm sorry. You have to make it a yumptiv gamur, no Malacha, except Amira La'akum is mutter even by the iraisas. Okay, so that was a special kula they had. They, had a, they weren't allowed to do Malacha, but Amira La'akum, ah, so what did they daven? So we have over here Rabbi Yaakov Emden preserved the Nusuch HaTfilah of that Tishabab. And then he ordered the mezmoyrim that should be said at certain times, which prakam of Tehillim, and you make Kiddush, and you make a and then you come back to Shul, you say Halel gomor with a Bracha, and then you read the Parshish Hashavua, well, what's the Parshish Hashavua of Tisha How many Aliyos? No? It's Yom Tif. Five alias. Five alias. And the Haftarah is Ko Hashem Matzachim Bamidbar. He got the whole thing figured out. All he probably made. Mach You could get leather editioned. You know, interlinear. You know, big size, small size. For the Chazin. You know, for the Chasan. For the Kala. Everything figured out. Ashkenaz, Svard, Whatever you needed. Now... On that Shivasihiamos, between 11 and 12, all the false prophets, they said, "We're having vibes that everyone needs to eat, because the Shaptaitvi is eating now." And they all ate, and sure enough, they found out just at that moment, the Shaptaitsi was eating and drinking at that time. So this gives you a little bit of a flavor of the times of uh, what was taking place in the 17th century. And this was a war. Not just against the uh Am, but there were many great people who, because of the difficulty that Khalisov found itself in, because of the um, Kazakh massacres, that uh, were also swept away in this fervor. But if you want to get a little bit of a picture of the halachic uh, implication that this had, I'm going to share with you just a few tshuves. Sha'al Satshuva Shavos Yaakov. Yaakov was Rabbi Yaakov Ya-reisher. He wanted to know, are you allowed to eat meat and drink wine on the night before a bris milah in the nine days? You hear the question? The night before a bris mila, you're allowed to eat meat and drink wine during the nine days. I don't think we do it. Right? But at a bris you could do it. You nowadays, for some reason, on a regular night of the year, everyone's eating steak. Comes to a bris mila, nah. Bagels and cream cheese. Who eats bagels and cream cheese today? You could eat a bagel. I mean, a bagel is enough calories for like two weeks, right? But it comes to a su, mitzvah. What do people do? They buy the cheapest possible food. Bagels and cream Really, you're supposed to have uh, fleishiks. The night before, are you allowed to have fleishiks? Says Rabbi Yaakov Reisher, it's mutter. Mayikar ha Why? He says, says Rabbi Yaakov Raisher, the truth is, you want to know what I think about having fleishiks the night before a bris? mutter. The whole reason not to have meat, it's only minuk alma. It's avelos yushana. Says Rabbi Yaakov Raisher, I always let people eat meat the night before bismillah. But that was back in the day. But nowadays, where there's so many apikarsim, karsim, that still believe in that filthy lie of the Shabtai Tzvi. This is again afterwards, okay? And their are Mizalzel and Tishabav. There were still Jews eating on tishabav because there were Gedolim who went along with the P'sak of Shabbatetzvi. Says it Yaakov Raisher, Since there are Jews from Mizalzel and Tishabov, by the way, their bones should rot and their souls should rot, those who believe in Him? Not, I say nowadays you cannot eat meat or drink wine the, nap, the night before a milah. And He says, And He says, but the day of the Mila, there, uh, it's for sure Mutter. But you see how uh, the practices and the uh, ramifications of what was happening in the time of Shabtai Tzvi actually affected the uh, Piskei Halacha in, uh, in the aftermath of this, uh, of this event. Now if you look at number 19, the Shari Knessas Hagdala of Rav Benavisti, who was, uh, at first he did go along with this, the fervor, he talks about smoking Sm- uh, Drinking Totos On a Tainus Yachid so He says he, uh, he doesn't find any Makam La'asrai Because we were never Makabel for a Tainus Yachid not to smoke Unless you're going to Drink the tobacco On Yom itself But not to do it On Tisha Edison. Con Edison I think I got the wrong number no, 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 no! I don't need khaned right now. Okay, so he says that um, somebody who partakes of this tobacco on Tishabav he has choice words for uh, this lenient practice on Tishabav So it's very interesting. Many hundreds of uh, hundreds of years later, the Shal Shiva of. Uh, Rabbi Yosef Zechariah Stern he talks about that the Shirei Knesset HaGdoila originally went along with the fervor uh, and including not fasting on Tisha based on these false reports and he even went so far as to remove Rav Aaron LaFafa who opposed the Shabtai Tzvi and therefore later on in history the Shirei Knesset HaGdoila in the following years he asserted on Tishabav many Inuyim that are not Mukhoyiv me Hadin in order to show that all the people who are being lenient in uh, Tishabav have a din of a tzedoyki. And uh, for that reason, people started smoking on Yom Tov because Shabtaitsi became a lenient on Yom Tif. That's one of the reasons, aside from whether. You are or not allowed to smoke on Yom Tif, This has historical implications because uh, it was considered sort of a sign of following Shabbatitzi. You're going to smoke on Yom Tif to show that Yom Tif's not important so much now. It's the iker is tish above. So therefore, the Knesset uh, Agda was very machmir about smoking on Yom Tif. The bottom line is that in Chadash uh, Tachas You know whatever whatever happens happened many, many times. And it's important to learn from, uh, from events that occurred in our past what the proper attitude should be. And that is, we follow the approach of the Rashba. Very healthy speculation is the tried and true approach of Klal Yisrael. The onus of proof is on the one making the claim. And until they fulfill the specific halachic requirements, namely, they're preceded by Elio anavi, the, the tshuva of Klal Yisrael, as wonderful as it is, is not a halachic requirement. What is a halachic requirement is fighting the physical wars against the enemies of Israel. What is a halachic requirement is building the base HaMikdash is gathering Klal Yisrael to Eretz Yisrael. The Gemara talks about Moshe and Aaron will be there. The Gemara talks about the Zayin Royim, the Ches the rainbow the Zayar talks about. But just miraculous tales, Loimala, at best, Loimala. At best they don't make things better. But if we didn't believe in Moshe Rabbeinu because of Maif Sim, then we don't believe in nobody because of Maif Sim. And tales that people say. I guess it's better than talking about uh politics, maybe. But it's Loimaleh moirid, not in Halacha, not in Hashkafa, and not in derech HaChayim. We follow the shulchanarach we follow the Hashkafa brought in Talmud Bavli, Talmud Yushaumi, and we all await the day an imamim Ba Amunashalemah, the Vyas Hamashiach, Viafa Pisha Yismaya, M Kalzah And the best way to show Amunah in the coming of Mashiach is by not eating tomorrow. Because by fasting, Shiva you're not just saying, you're declaring with every fiber of your being that right now we believe that we still await the Goyal Tzedek. And we have to give, we have to have tremendous Hakaras Hatoiv to Gedoylam, like Yaakov Sasportas, who had the uh, clarity. And the honesty to, uh, weed out any Kais voice and keep, keep us pure so that we could be zacha to the gula shlema, and the bias, goyal, tzaddik, meherviyamino, amen. shayach. No, next, uh, next week, uh, there's no share Wednesday night. We'll see you back in two weeks. Kaltav. Sure. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by torahanytime.com.